Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker. I'm an author, producer, two-time Emmy Award winner, and host of That Girl the Podcast. Each week, I bring on inspiring people and stories to help you become that girl or that guy in your life. That Girl the Podcast is based on the romantic comedy That Girl a Novel, which is now available as a podcast to listen to. Listen to each chapter about finding yourself and adulting in L.A., Find That Girl and Novel everywhere you listen to your podcasts. You can also find it on Amazon to buy the Kindle or paperback of. For more, find us at thatgirlthepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at thatgirlthepodcast and our Patreon page. Welcome, Abby Walker, to That Girl the Podcast. It is so great to have you. Yay! It's so great to have you. Um, We are going to talk about your new book, Confessions of a High Strong Woman. But first, I like to always let my guests just describe themselves in brief because you can always do a better job than I can. So tell us. That's very smart. You've you've done this a few times. You've done this a few times. Just a couple. Just a couple. Um, I would say that I'm like, where do I even begin? Um, I grew up in a very traditional household. I'm a fourth generation Baptist preacher's daughter that was born into a very conservative setting with a very wild heart. Um, and so I have kind of been trying to make my own way through the world out of my family, which I think every woman does, you know, every person does. And they're in their own points. And so um, I am also a recording artist. I've toured and have several records out on iTunes. And then um, a couple of years ago, I wrote a blog, which we'll get into you know, a little bit later, um, with the title of the book while I was on tour. Like kind of, I was just processing a lot of what was going on with me and my battle with my big personality, um, and my big emotions. And I kind of threw it out there and hit publish and just went on down the road really is just kind of a form of self-expression. And then I kept getting these emails and emails from other women who like had been Googling what does high strung mean, how to not be high strung at night and had come across the blog and were like, Oh my gosh, it helped me so much. You know, I got in another fight. And so anyways, um, it sounds like they are fighting people in the street. That's not what I mean. I, I was mean, just like, thinking I got have... another fight. I was like, like hair extensions flying, earrings. Like, yes, rips. Totally. Like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> no, like a conflict in a relationship. Sure. Like, why are you mm-hmm. so difficult or why are you so mm-hmm. strong? And um, I was like, I'm not alone. Like there are these other women. And I, at that point in my life, had begun to really dive in and work really hard to figure out um, how I was wired and where where I operated best. I call it like power at peace. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't small. I wasn't less than who I was, but I wasn't striving and panicked and running over people. Like how, you know, how did I find that space? Yeah. So, um, anyways, probably two or three years ago, I took some steps back from music and was like, okay, I got to write a book. And so I'm here. I am little, all the creative things for sure. Um, uh, but love. I'm super honest, honored to be here with you today. <gasps> Well, I'm super honored to have you. We are very similar spirits. Um, ah. Yes. Actually, I was a recording artist as well. I have a couple of records out as well. So no way. Course, I was like, oh my God, we are the, and we are blonde. I was yeah. just like, <laughs> I love it. Um, so of preachers and then you are truly feeling the spirit, but just mm-hmm. in a different way than everyone wants you to, which is funny. Cause I always thought Baptists were very like, Oh, and like, maybe yeah. not. <laughs> oh, that's so, first of all, I love the way you phrased that. I was feeling the spirit and it was very different. 
Um, ba- so I talk about it a little bit in the book, but Baptists are typically very conservative, very like exactly what's in scripture, which is all great. Like that's all totally fine. Mm-hmm. But um, my particular encounter, and, I, and I'm like not bashing Baptists because I love these people. These are my people. But I experienced a lot of real pain and rejection in the church culture. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so funny because women are like, well, I didn't grow up in church, but that's definitely my family, or that's definitely, you know, what it's like to be, I experienced that culture as a teacher, like basically where there's one right way to do things. Like there's yeah. one right way to be a woman. And um, the set, the Southern, so there's Baptist people and then there's Southern Baptists. And so I'm in that Southern Baptist belt. And so there's like, it's a whole different set of rules. <laughs> you know, I just, <laughs> I did the book. I described Southern women just in general as I'm like, they are a flower. They're dynamite disguised as a flower. Like you think <laughs> it's so pretty and sweet, but like, don't mess with them, you know? Yeah. Um, but the, the pressure came around kind of this phrase of like, uh, out of first Peter three in scripture, where it talks about having a gentle and quiet spirit mm-hmm. and the way it was taught to me and the way it was translated to me was, um, you were always really sweet. You never, um, you were just very subdued and quiet. And I was like, there's, there is not a damn thing about me that is gentle or quiet out of the gate. Like I wasn't running people over, but yeah. I had a lot inside of me. And I also was watching women that I loved that had like what I would call just these beautiful, vibrant personalities. I was watching them fade in obligation and taking care of everybody, but themselves and, and all the things they were supposed to do. And, and, um, cause and you know, inherent with women too, we are so about, do you need help? I will help you and put myself yes. last. Go on. It's no, absolutely. And it's more comfortable to us somehow. And I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, I don't know where all that I know in like the Christian faith where, you know, um, I grew up, it was very like servant minded, sacrificial and all of those are wonderful things. But when you're so burnt out, like that, you like, you can't help but live in resentment in that place. And then you watch these women just like lose it. Like they just yeah. finally hit this breaking point, you know, and they lose it. And, um, I just took a look around me and originally like early on, I just experienced so much rejection because I was like, you know, I mean, you're 16 and you're like, I got a lot inside of me and I'm trying to bring it in and I'm trying to stay out of trouble. But then also like, what is this going to look like for the rest of my life? Like, am I going to have to fake being somebody else so that I can find a good godly man, you know, that I Mm -hmm. want to be married Mm -hmm. to. And like, you know, I talk about it in the book. It's like, I'm supposed to earn this, this guy with like my gentle and quiet spirit. I'm like, I'm screwed. Like I'm so screwed. (laughs) This is never going to work, you know? And, um, but I really, so I heard that verse about having a gentle, quiet spirit as total rejection. Like that even God himself thought I was too much. And I, you know, I needed to rein it in and I increased the older I get. And, you know, um, it wasn't like I walked away from my faith at all, but I was just, I just wrestled. And I think so many of us walk through life in this place of like deep internal personal rejection of like, whether it's with your body or it's with your spirit, you know, or your personality or Or all of the above. (laughs) Yes, totally. Like I have to hide this part of myself. I have to be somebody totally different because this is what they're telling us to do. But then I found myself like so frustrated not liking the friendships I was in, not liking, you know, um, the relationships I was in again. And, and eventually, you know, it's, there's something about your thirties that you're like, Oh, we're learning some things here. And it was like, your people can't find you. 
if you're running around pretending you're somebody else and all of your relationships are built on fake pretense, like not the real, you know, connections. And so, um, that was pressure. Pressure for me was the church house. Cause I mean, my dad was a pastor. My granddad was the pastor. My great granddad was the pastor. Like my, my Mimi, who I love to death and she is Jackson, Mississippi Southern. Like she would probably be putting lace over my neck right now. She'd be like, Oh no, we don't I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but it, it translated to, I am wrong. Yeah, I am wrong. And, um, everything about me is wrong. And the long-term effects of that, like the immediate effects of that are bad, but the long-term effects of that are that you second guess Mm -hmm. every gut instinct, every decision, and you're just exhausted. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you're, if you felt that pressure, what that looks like for you, but oh, for sure. It's funny, like listening to you, I feel like you do second guess yourself and doubt all of your instincts and you in mm. some weird way become kind of rebellious at one point. Like at some yeah. point you're just like, I just, I'm just going to rebel. Like, I'm just going to mm. see what that looks like or feels like because you're so inauthentic to who you are. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about when you first saw those videos of you as a kid, just be uh-huh. full out self. Because when I was reading this, I'm hearing about you like singing and dancing and just being like this huge personality inherently uh-huh. so who you are. And mm. I have always believed that we are actually the child. That is yes. below seven years old. We are that person. We are born that I way. So that is agree. <laughs> like, yeah. If yeah. you see a child and they're shy, like they're always going to be shy. Pro- promise. Mm. Like I promise. But mm-hmm. like you're this big personality and just like wanting to perform and wanting to be in the spotlight, which is all so good because some people mm. they don't want that. That's not for yes. them. And it was yes. for you. And mm. then there's also a word that is told to you at one point um, mm-hmm. by a mentor that comes into your life much years later. And mm-hmm. uh, she's like this perfect kind of church lady, but deep down she's like kind of a rebel and kind of a bad. Oh, yes. She's a pistol through right. and through that and I didn't know. <laughs> right. And this was like a turning point. So like you see these videos and you're just like, oh my gosh, that's actually who I am. I've been like mm. stuffing all of that down. And it's just like eating you up inside. Tell Mm. me where you were, where you were at, how are you, how you were feeling and then how you found this mentor. Mm. Um, so I was probably, I would say like, I got married at 25 and we moved to Dallas. Like I'd always been in San Antonio up to this point, which if you're not familiar with Texas is like five hours South because it's a giant state and it's ridiculous, but we really, it is, it is. We had, um, at that point we had moved and before we had moved, I had that mentoring with that, um, with Lida, with her name is Lida. Um, but it wasn't until after that mentoring actually that I encountered that video and started to put all the pieces together. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, it's, it makes more sense linearly through the books to be like, I saw this and then I started, you know, cause I, I was, I have been on a mission to, figure this out, you know, for so long. And, um, so when I encountered these videos, it's a video of me at like three. And at that point I was the only child, like my sister wasn't born yet. And, um, we, one of the things about Southern Baptist that is not always true now, but was true when I was growing up is like, they don't dance, they don't drink. They don't like so hard. (laughs) Well, if you, if it's all, you know, you don't know. And so 
my first step kind of a rebellion was I, I had done two gospel records. I toured all over the country. I'd sung in churches. I'd done all that kind of stuff. And I was like, maybe I'm just going to make regular people music. Like, you know, gasp. And yeah, right, I did. Right. I went from singing in the church house to the honky tonks. And it was one of the <laughs> greatest. Like, no! <laughs> this is backwards. Yeah. You're supposed to go the other way, you know? Right. And they handled it really well. I think okay. because they were like, you know, yeah, this kind of makes sense. Like she's, she's kind of a spitfire, but it was before I stepped into that with music. I encountered these videos. I'm three years old and I am totally uninhibited, like sharing my joy with anybody who would listen, like dancing. I'm a tear, like, even as an adult, I'm such a repressed dancer because in my head, I'm like a backup dancer for Justin Timberlake. And then you see it and you're like, this is not the same. Like this is is not the same, but it's in my heart. I feel that way. (laughs) Three-year-old Abby, she didn't know that. She was like, I am magnificent. Like, (laughs) let me show you all of my things. Let me mix four square dancing and hip hop and some ballet for you. Like you will be so impressed. Mm. And what struck me most about that video, because I I mean, at this point, I'm in my late twenties, super frustrated with, I've done everything I know I'm supposed to do, to do it right, to fit in the groups, to do the, you know, all the stuff. And, um, I've never felt more alone. I've never felt more alone inside, like with myself. Like I was just, I was at that point in my life, I was like keeping a list. It's so wild to me that I was this lost, but I I totally was like, okay, things I really like things I don't like, because I had spent my entire life trying to be what I thought I was supposed to be because that equaled love that equaled, um, avoidance of pain. That's a big Mm -hmm. motivator for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it also equaled just safety, you know, and I'm watching this video and this little girl is like three sheets to the wind, just full her, you know, and I, I, I didn't recognize myself and I just start crying. (laughs) I'm like, my mom comes in and she's like, well, this is not what home videos are supposed (laughs) to do to you. And I was like, I don't, who is this little girl? And then I found another set of videos from when I was older and I was about 11 and it was a totally, you could see the changes on my face. And that made me cry for a totally different reason because by 11, I knew what I was supposed to do to get approval. And I knew what I was supposed to do to fit in. And, and I could watch in this video of just like, it's like our family at home on new year's Eve. It's not anything special, but I could see my strength trying to break through Mm. and it was coming through awkwardly and in inappropriate places. Mm. And it was because it didn't have an outlet. It didn't have any, you know, it was like stuff, stuff down, stuff, stuff down. And, Mm -hmm. and it it will always, you know, find a way to come out. And so, um, Lida came into my life when I was single and I was very much like, Oh my gosh, what are we going to, what are we going to do? Like, because, you know, especially in the South, I'm like, well, I'm supposed to get married. I'm supposed to get married. And my desire for getting married was not, oh, I need to like have the white picket fence and have the babies and all that kind of stuff. I wanted a partner to yeah. chase down my dreams with. Like, that's really what I, what I longed for. Yeah. And um, anyways, but I was struggling in a lot of other ways. And so I was just like, you know, she seemed from the outside, like, gentle and I'd never seen her out of control I'd never seen her say anything out of place and I was just like maybe if I just sit next to her I'll get better (laughs) she'll just rub off on me just by osmosis right and then as I met with her I was like and I I always loved her but I knew her from a distance but in that intimate place of like mentoring and like praying for me and like talking about this stuff I'm like you like you are a force like she was not quiet she was not 
she, but she, when she was was controlled and I know that there's a lot of negative connotation with that word, but she was like, she was on top of her thoroughbred personality stallion horse heart and just was like, okay, we're going to go run this and we're going to like blow everybody's minds with how she was harnessing it. Yeah. And she was totally power at peace and she radiated happiness. And I was like, how do I get this? <laughs> she's like a little monk. I love her because yes. she says something to you. She uses a word that I mm-hmm. also hate. And when I read yeah. it, I I'll, immediately, I was like, I hate that word. She uses <laughs> the word meekness. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh. <laughs> I hate that word. Someone said that once to me. I was in a really awful relationship and he was mm. highly religious and I'm just very spiritual. And he's like, don't mm. you want to be meek? And I was like, just yes. even think. I was like, why am I not enough? Anyway, she says this to you. You had an equal reaction, but then she- <laughs> yeah. I was like, I would have hit. If I didn't think I'd get right. like, pinned like, down and prayed yeah. over. <laughs> right. So she says this to you. Also, I think it's very funny that like attracts like, and she seemed uh-huh. like what you what you yes. thought she wanted, but underneath uh-huh. she's really there's this like powerful rebel kind of woman. Mm-hmm. So she says this to you. And what is your reaction? Tell me how you worked that through and what she actually meant by this word. What's so funny is like, I can remember where we were. We were in her office and it's like decorated so cute. I mean, she's a grandmother, you know, I mean, she's the cutest, just little person. And I heard that word and I heard it in the setting because it was literally like I was on staff at church. She was on staff. That was kind of how we were able to get that close in that, in that time frame. And I just recoiled. Like if I could have projectile vomited, I probably would have because <laughs> I was like, here we go again. Like I thought this was okay, but now it's going to come back to this. Like I have to humiliate myself. That's what it felt like. I have to suffer. I have to make myself small so that other people are more comfortable and rooted in all of that. Again, I'm bad. I'm wrong. Mm, This is so much shame. And then she followed it up and said, you know, meekness isn't humiliation. She was like, it's great strength under control. And I could hear that from her, not from the other churchy ladies, because she was not controlled by anything. She controlled herself. She directed probably the greatest like magnitude of spirit and a person in a woman I had ever been around. Mm -hmm. And she like was unbelievably happy. Like her skin just glowed. Like, I mean, I feel like half the time she didn't wear makeup or anything. I mean, she was just like this Oh, you know, what what did you call her? She's a monk. (laughs) Totally, totally. But at the same time was like, she could wrestle with God. I mean, I I was convinced. I was like, I think she could make God change his mind. Like I'm pretty sure she's, (laughs) she's that strong, but it wasn't, um, she knew when to use it. She knew when to wait. And, and I hadn't seen that at that point in my life. I had seen women who, really struggled. I'd seen a lot of women that were labeled with the bitch word. I'd seen a lot of women cry and try and manipulate and like a, um, inappropriate use of their feminine strength. I'd seen women try to be man-like that's probably Uh more of Uh what I'd experienced. And it seemed to only make men bigger and more aggressive. It just didn't work. And, um, anyways, so that, that was so much of, of my reaction to it. And I really had to work through it. And I, but I, again, I just think it's so powerful, like who you hear it from. Yes. I could hear it from her because she was 
not controlled by anybody. And I was like, well, you're, you're choosing, you're clearly doing life differently than me, you know, and I'm going to listen, I'm going to hear, you know, I'm going to hear this out. And, um, it's been an unbelievable, it's so funny that you bring that up because so many girls are like, okay, so here's what I learned today. Meekness is not bad. You know, like that's what they <laughs> said to me from reading the book, because it it's, it's also not something that you see a lot in our culture, mm-hmm. right. As women or in leadership or, you know, government or celebrities or, you know, whatever, it's like, you have to take, you have to, you know, grab your power. And I'm, I love a good hustle, like love a good hustle, but there is a different flow for somebody who's standing in their power and like walking in the authority of their life. And she had that. And I was like, okay, I'll listen to you. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I meet usually older women who are just very much in their power and their grace. Mm. They're just, very feminine and they don't apologize Mm -hmm. for that. They don't try to be a man. They don't try, especially in business. I see these women and I'm just like, I want to be you when I grow up. Yeah. I have a mentor and I swear like from the moment we met years ago, I was like, you're going to be my mentor and I'm going Mm -hmm. to just follow what you do. And she is just Mm – the most lovely person. And actually we, ju- we did a podcast, so, uh, you'll see it in a few weeks, but Yay. Kelly Conlon, she's incredible. And you could just see me as like a little puppy, just like, what else do you have to say, Kelly? Just <laughs> more, say more. Um, but it does, it really matters who it comes from and how mm-hmm. you see it portrayed because, mm-hmm. and I think what you're saying too, is like, when you see these women who are just like, look at me, da, 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 you know, and they're just like so much, it's like, it's like obnoxious or it's just like off-putting, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. that's that's like not what I am. And as like a high-strung mm-hmm. woman, quote, mm-hmm. like you can still have all of this power, mm-hmm. but still like show it in a way that you are controlled. And I think that mm-hmm. is the perfect way to put it because mm-hmm. when you see power controlled, it's like queenly. Like to mm-hmm. me, it feels very royal. Yes. So, go on from there. um you know I think that it was it was watching somebody be like in her power at peace radiating happiness and um not at conflict with herself or with her world and she very there was I began to like really tune in and pay attention to like people treated her differently and they treated her the way she taught them that she did things she was like Mm -hmm. oh no we don't do dram- dramatic things here. Like, you don't, you don't bring the drama like this. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, it was such a new, so you're, you're in control, you're in control of what's going on inside of you. And then you're also stepping into this place where as a 20 year old woman, I didn't know existed yeah. where you like affect the atmosphere and the energy and the expectations around you. Mm-hmm. And I knew it just from being around her. I felt like, like, you know, when you sit by somebody and you're like, oh, you know, I can just, yeah. I can breathe. And when I was in her presence as well, she made me believe that I could figure it out, mm-hmm. that I could do it. And I was like, this, like addicted to it. You know, I was just like, yeah. this is so amazing because I knew that, okay, do all these steps and do all these things and then you'll be okay. And, and, um, I lived for years, even after that in a place of like, real hustle, you know, the music industry, I mean, you're just mm-hmm. like, you got to outwork everybody and you mm-hmm. got to be better than everybody and skinner, skinnier yeah. and cuter. And I just, I it, it was wearing on my soul. And, um, 
I just, I got tired. You know, I was just like, I'm tired. And I'm also tired of battling men, the gatekeepers. Mm. And I was like, my music isn't even for you. And I'm trying to win you over with it. That's been like a new realization. Like even since I finished the book, that's a whole nother book. (laughs) But (laughs) um, anyway, so it's, it was such a process of just both growth and transformation and who I was as a woman who I wanted to be and then how I wanted to show up in the world and what I wanted, you know, what I wanted to bring to the world. And, um, all of those areas, all of these areas that I began to pay attention to of like women in my family, like self-care was a really, really big one of them. And I don't mean just like self-care, like, Oh, go get a panty, you know, petty manny and get your hair done. I'm talking like emotionally supportive self-care and that enables you to show up at your best, but also has hard and fast limits. Mm-hmm. And so self-care and boundaries. Um, so in the book, I talk about kind of my story and then self-care and then boundaries. And then we close out with emotions. And because um, those were like the four big areas of my life, you know, that I was trying to figure out, right. but they all connect, right? Like if you right. don't take care of yourself, your emotions go crazy. If you don't know how to protect what it looks like to take care of yourself, then you have boundaries problem, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the women in my family were very, um, high, strong, big personalities, lots of passion, loved with everything they had, wonderful things. And I started to notice that they physically were suffering, like physically suffering. And I was like, how? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Like, this is my DNA. Like, unless I learn differently, this is, you know, just like we learn with relationship patterns and addictions and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, But I, I just, and then I realized that I had such an attitude about women who had good self-care. It was this whole, like, I need to do this better. And then I was like, oh, this is why I don't do this better. This is part of how this is protected. This unhealthiness is protected because usually that's what happens, right? We find people aren't just like blatantly unhealthy. They're like, well, this is worse than this or whatever. So for me, it was this belief that women who were quote high maintenance were, um, embarrassing were self-indulgent. Embarrassing is probably the wrong word. They were self-indulgent. They were, they could be on an episode of Real Housewives. They could, you know, whatever. And my little world valued, like we talked about earlier, sacrifice, serving, give, give, give. And, um, I was like, okay, so I'm seeing what sacrifice give to give that gets you like real tired and worn out and frumpy. Mm -hmm, If I'm being mm -hmm. totally honest and then watching your beauty not like just physical beauty, but like your spirit and your connection and your zest for life fade mm-hmm. and be overshadowed by so much obligation and like unavoidable resentment, right? Like right. you eventually hit a point you're like, I'm sick of picking up the kids' socks all the time, you know, whatever it is. Right. right. And then having to address the belief that there is more value in martyrdom mm. than there is in really owning your life. And some people are just like their heads explode. They can't handle the thought of like choosing yourself and in heavily religious communities. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was just like, well, you can get mad at me and call me selfish all I want, but I don't want to be completely like handicapped and, and, um, handicaps the wrong word, but like held physically hurting and like breaking down at 42. Like I, I, this isn't okay. And you look at it and you're like, okay, this is reinforced by deeply held beliefs that are 
rooted in shame and mm-hmm. a self-rejection. Mm-hmm. And I began to learn that to take care of myself was actually this other magical buzzword, especially in um, the Christian faith and religious community, but it was stewardship. It was taking good care yeah, of what you've been given. And so I liken it in the book to having um, a lot of the trouble, usually what happens with high strung women is you don't realize how high strung you are until it comes out in the bad ways, right? You just lose your mind at somebody and sure. your husband's crying from like the words you used, you know, like, or your kids are afraid of, you know, whatever, or you, you, it, it comes out in these excessive ways because you've stuffed it down, stuffed it down. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I describe it in the book as like, you have a Lamborghini engine mm-hmm. in your soul but you're a 15 year old. Like, you don't know what to do with all that power. You're going to wreck. You're going to run over some people. Like right, you're going right. to, you need better training and education. And it starts with an appreciation and not a, why can't you just be a Kia Rio? Like everybody else on the highway. Like, mm-hmm. why can't you just, it starts from no judgment, just like radical acceptance. And probably even before acceptance, it's just observation. And from that place, you're able to be like, wow. I can go like three hours longer than other people. Cause I have this like level that I can kick into to get things done. Or yeah. I care a lot about everything. Oh, sometimes that can really wear me out and make me tired. Like if I get, do I always get sick after Christmas? Cause I made the perfect Christmas for my kids. Mm-hmm. Do I am like, am I having, like, I have to wear a, um, mouth guard cause I, I'm a clencher yeah, yeah. and I got it late. I should have gotten it when my, my dentist recommended it. Like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And that was one of those places that I was like, this is where my high strength personality, because I'm not taking care of it. It's hurting me. Right. And I, you know, I need to pay more attention to those places. And so oh, as oh I addressed my, um, judgment towards like taking care of yourself, which sounds crazy if you're not in that restrictive environment. I don't even think you need to be in a restrictive environment. I think you Mm -hmm. just need to be a woman in general. (laughs) Like That's it. And if you care a little Mm -hmm. bit about other people, like you're in this category, like you're just in this category. Mm -hmm. I mean, I resonate with so much of what you're saying and I work on Mm -hmm. it all the time. Like I have a chat with my two girlfriends on Marco Polo where I was like, so Yay, I, Marco Polo. I know. It's I so love much, Marco Polo. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. We should start doing it. It's so much fun. Yes. We check in all the time and I was like, I just want to let you guys know that today I bought myself a couple of things at Target and I was really excited about it. Like, but we have to do this for each other because mm-hmm. it's so hard. Like you almost need validation or approval to just mm. like take care of yourselves when you're like, I haven't bought new sports bras in seven years. It's time. Like, yeah, right? they deserve it. <laughs> they need it. They need it. You know? And it's like, so I really do get it. Like, mm. um, the mouth guard thing, I get it. Like I clench, mm-hmm. I had Invisalign. So I have little retainers at night and I totally yeah. understand, but mm. it's like your body starts telling you if you mm-hmm. don't listen in other ways, the, mm-hmm. the body will just be like, hi, okay, we're going to just shut down now. And eventually if your body doesn't get you, your brain will. Like your brain will stop functioning and Mm -hmm. you will be like, oh, no, I really can't do anything. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think you're just speaking to women in general and absolutely Mm -hmm. in highly conservative religious atmospheres. Like it is so much about what you're saying and sacrifice and martyrdom. Mm -hmm. And it's awful because I've seen the same thing though. I haven't grown up in religious atmospheres I have friends who have and it is just so hard to be like mm. um your mom or like 
if you're a mom and you're 42, you look 52. Like you just, it's like, forget about you. And it's Mm. really hard to come back from that and to be Mm -hmm. like, I don't even know where to start, to Mm -hmm. start giving myself the time or attention that I even need. And if it's hard for someone like me, who's like living in West Hollywood, I don't have kids, like the whole thing. Yeah. like so much harder for them. So it's absolutely that it is attainable. Mm. And Mm. when you talk about boundaries, like that's exactly what came up for me too, is, you Mm. know, it's about the boundaries you set for your own health and your own Mm. self-care, your mental health, like Mm -hmm. what you will and will not put up with, with other people. And ultimately rounding around and just saying, this is who I am. That's Mm -hmm. cool. If you don't like it, it's fine. I'm going to keep being this person. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's too bad that we around like seven, honestly, we start mm. really listening to the people around us. And that's when mm-hmm. we really start changing our personalities to fit in. And it's just mm-hmm. human. It's just a natural mm-hmm. human response. But mm. I hope that moving forward with the generations, like there's so much positive talk about like, just be who you are. And sometimes mm-hmm. you have no idea who that is. You've no. lost her. She's gone. Yeah. You're writing down your list of like, okay, I like margaritas. I don't like mean people. Like you you have to start from there. It's true. And when you talked about that list, I was like, absolutely. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you really have to just be like, what do I like to do? What, what, Mm -hmm. who, what is, and then I would also say like, go back to those really early childhood days and like, ask yourself, what did I like to do then? Because I'm mm. telling you, you probably still like those things. <laughs> like, I'm still like horseback riding. Okay. Like I'm the yes. ultimate girly girl child that I do. And like, oh. it's just, it's so important to just go mm. rescue that girl because mm-hmm. if all of us would go and rescue her and mm. just in bring her back into you and just let her mm-hmm. just be able to be the girl that she is mm-hmm. and protected as the parents that you are to her. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my God, we could live the most wonderfully happy, authentic lives. And it's a struggle, mm-hmm. right? Cause there's always going to be like the people around us and their projections on us of like, what's okay. What's not okay. But then mm-hmm. you would be so strong. Even if you felt a wavering doubt, you would mm-hmm. still be so strong and just like, Nope, still me still Mm -hmm. me born this way, like literally born this way. (laughs) And I feel like that's what your book is truly just talking about Mm -hmm. and giving such great, um, goalposts and, and ways to like, really like work through Mm -hmm. this to sort of heal from a place of, you know, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, like how do I start and trying to get to the other side and then just continuing to keep that up. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, oh, well, cool. I read the book and I did the things and like, now I'm healed. I'm good. Oh, wouldn't it be great if it was? So uh, I was, I, I was listening to you and I was like, oh, this girl has had some good therapy. I had a lot of good therapy, you know, but, <laughs> and I needed it. And, but you know, yeah. it's important, especially when you're trying to do something new, something new in your family. And this was brand new in my family. I was breaking away in a lot of yes. ways from expectations and habits and they have been so supportive and they're also like we're not surprised by this like at all like of course she wrote a book called high strung woman you know (laughs) and isn't that amazing that they weren't surprised at all Mm -hmm. and all the women are so strong in your family it's Mm -hmm. like this isn't a surprise we're all like this and yet Mm -hmm. you were just like oh but I should probably be something else and yes and yet it was always there. Like you always had the power. So yes. I think there's something really powerful about watching um, 
because, you know, I had uh, somebody ask me the other day for a podcast, they're like, it's anything off limits. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what would that be like? Like <laughs> my life, my life What's has that? been an open book, you know, my whole life just, I mean, from the time I was little bitty, like you're, you know, I have some, um, anybody who's kind of in some kind of public spot, like it can be like your parents are in government or your dad's the mm-hmm. principal, or for me, you know, my dad was the pastor and and associated with you are unrealistic expectations. And they want you to be this example for the, you know, all this kind of stuff. And um, so I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to process something and find something new without sharing it. Does that make sense? Cause it was just oh, like, well, yeah, you guys are all up in my business anyway. So let me just give you like a head start. Like this is, you know, this is what's going on. And, um, but the benefit of that, like at least in my family and with my girlfriends and, you know, these places is that the more you're you, the more freedom that you walk in, you like write this invisible permission slip for these other women to be like, Oh, oh okay. Like, you know, Oh, this is great. And women did that. Lida did that for me. Right. She, she was just being her and she was loving on me and mentoring me and stuff, but like, she never sat down and was like, Abby, you have permission to be you. I saw it lived out in her, which is so much, you know, so much more powerful, but I've learned to embrace that language. Um, because you know, you mentioned this earlier, like you parent that little girl and you are reparenting yourself in some places, not because your parents were terrible. I'm like, yeah, my mom was, 25. What did she know? I knew nothing at 25. Like, oh, you know, yeah, <laughs> and my, my sister who is such a badass mom, she's such an incredible woman. And it's, it's so interesting because she has two boys under five yes. and they are, I mean, they're full throttle all the time. Like somebody's hanging from something like somebody else is trying to, you know, attach a like, you know, scale down the outside wall. I mean, they're just, you know, they're so yeah. fun and I love them. And so self-care looks very differently for her. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, we laugh all the time. She's like, you know, I got to close two doors tonight and take a shower. Like, you know, I got to close two doors. <laughs> I, couldn't hear, I couldn't hear a baby crying. I couldn't, you know, and then with COVID, her husband's been working from home and she's like, I couldn't hear anybody. It was delightful. You know, it was just, <laughs> and I think one of the things that's really important in this place, you know, especially for me is because my dearest friends, none of them are in the same life place as me. They're all in very different. I have friends that are single. I have friends that are home with littles. I have friends that kids are in high school, you know, all those different Mm -hmm. places. And it's so beautiful to support each other in those places and to not be like, well, you should do this. Like I did this, or, you know, like I should do this. Like you did this. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's saying again to that woman, as well as we say to ourselves, like, you can figure this out. You can do this. I want to support you however I can. But it's speaking, it's speaking with a belief that empowers and you're like, oh yeah, I mean, maybe I can figure this out. Like, you know, I don't, I don't need to be told what to do in all those places. And so what was very important for me with this book, cause I was just really wrestling. I was like, you know, just praying through it so much. And if you read the book, like my faith is my life. Like it is mm-hmm. so much my identity and such a part of the healing, like so much of the book is about healing, but such a part of my healing was the, instead of feeling like God was mad at me for how I was, it was going back to like that Psalms 139, like you wove me together. Like you picked every part of me and you designed me on purpose. And then you sent me to the Southern Baptist world. Yeah. And I, it, it, I don't know why you did, but you sent me there and you sent me there to be me. You didn't send me there to be somebody else or to change everything about myself. Like you sent me there and yeah, there's been conflict and 
there's been all these things. But one of the things that I know about myself is like, I am obsessed with freedom, like obsessed with it. Like I'm a freedom fighter. So there's going to be conflict in my life. It doesn't necessarily mean things are bad, but I'm like, I know that it's worth it. And I know that I'm going to be misunderstood. And I know that some women are going to hear it. And some are going to be like, oh my gosh, she's just falling off. You know, she's, she's heretical, whatever. And that's fine. Like you can be where you are. We're okay. But that journey of healing back to, and it is to that, that little kid that if it's your seven or if you're three or whatever, mm-hmm. they only know who they are. They don't know how to be anybody else. They don't know how to change anything about themselves to be more likable or less threatening or, you know, any of those places. Yeah. And, you know, when the word heals that place, when you re embrace like that part, you know, of your heart and of your life, like, I don't know, it, it is, you know, I, I talk about it in the book of like standing your sacred ground and it is identified like by your boundaries and your limits and your different things. But when you stand and you live and you walk in that place, like you are connected to heaven, like, and you have this connection with God. And then with walking through this world in an authority, that's like, and I don't mean authority, like tell people what to do. I mean, you're just like, these are my steps. Yeah. This is my stuff, you know, and, and, um, there's just such joy, you know, and celebration there. And that I am always, if I see somebody really genuinely happy, not fake, happy, not whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I want to be near you. I want yeah. to hear your story. I want to know those things because, um, that happiness, I just believe so much comes out of places of freedom. And some of the mm-hmm. happiest people are the people who've been through horrific things, Mm -hmm. but those horrific things have worked in some way to set them free. Right. They, you know, so I love that. Cause I think that's so true. And you do Mm want to be again, like attracts like, so you can Mm -hmm. tell when people have been through a lot and they've come out the other side and they're just Mm -hmm. a happier, healthier person. Cause they do radiate just Mm -hmm. happiness. Cause they Mm -hmm. are just like, I am unapologetically myself and you can feel it when other people are struggling. And if you're there Mm -hmm. to like be an example, which is, you know, what you say. And I think that's very powerful and that Mm -hmm. resonates with them and it helps awesome. And if it doesn't, it's cool too. Like not everyone is going to be the perfect fit for everyone else in their journey. (laughs) You know, like you don't have to like what I'm preaching. It's cool. Like it's fine. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone says the same thing, but in a way that makes sense to you and you get it fine. Good. Yes. Great. Absolutely. That's why there's so many of us. (laughs) Yeah. I think that what you were saying is just like, I, you know, you're like, God wove me together and then put me in a Southern Baptist world. And it's like, (laughs) I think he did because it was to Mm. break it open and Mm -hmm. the way that you have, and you are still doing Mm. and giving people a chance to like question, well, Mm. maybe I, I have more, maybe there is Mm -hmm. more to me and I Mm -hmm. want more freedom. And maybe Mm -hmm. I need to find out how to make that happen. Even with the five kids and the whole thing, like there's freedom within every, I mean, people Mm -hmm. can feel free in prison. Like it is Uh of the mind. Right. And you just have to be willing to just like, I actually just put a quote out the other day. Like 
it's better to just walk through the fire to get Mm -hmm. to the other side as fast as you can, because like, Mm -hmm. why stay in all that pain? Like Mm -hmm. why, like the anticipation of the walking through the fire is enough, Mm -hmm. right? That's enough. Like just go through Mm -hmm. it, just go through Mm -hmm. it and get the lessons, do the real work. Mm -hmm. Don't push it aside, just do it. And when you get Mm -hmm. to the other side, you're going to be so free and you're Mm -hmm. going to be so much lighter. And it's just, Mm that's what we're here to do, right? We're here Mm. to have fun. We're here to be happy and we're here to help people when Mm. we can simply, Mm -hmm. I think. (laughs) No, it's so true. And it is a fire is refining, right? You put silver in a fire and it burns up all the impurities or gold or, you know, all of those places. And, um, one of the things that was really important to me, I was like, Oh, I didn't finish my thought was when I wrote the book, I was like, God, I'm not an expert. Like, I'm not trying to tell other people what to do. Like I'm not a, um, love her, but I'm not a Rachel Hollis. I'm not like, here are the points. And these are the things and, mm-hmm. you know, to achieve your ultimate life. I'm like, so I've struggled a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I made some messes. And these are some things that I've learned. Yeah. And, um, I really felt like the Lord was like, just share your story. All you're supposed to do is share your story and share the things that have really helped you. And your authority is in that it's your story. Like you're the expert on your story. You're the expert in your story. And, um, you know, I was working on, uh, my bio, which is always like the hardest thing to write. It's so uh, weird. It's so weird. I'm like short and sweet, please just short. (laughs) Totally. But it was really important for me. Like so much of what I was influenced by, even in this season of my life and and my book was Mm -hmm. Brene Brown staring greatly. And it, it comes back, you know, to that quote from Teddy Roosevelt in Paris about the man in the arena, like it's not the spectators who are the authorities, like who really matters in life for these people, like getting their asses kicked down in the arena, you know, trying to live their lives, trying to grow and be healthy, trying to figure out how to move past unforgiveness with their dad who left their family and, you know, all of these different places. And, um, so I was wrestling through it and I thought, no, you know who I am? I'm literally just the girl on your left. That's like, Hey, try this one see if this moves, you know, as we're fighting whatever's in front of us. Um, yeah. I, 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 may, I may be yelling it to you from like my face in the dirt of like, okay, so that one doesn't work. Don't do that one, you know? but, but that, that it was so much, you know, of, of my heart. And um, that's, you know, that's a big part for me that people hear and understand is that I'm not like, this is not an expert manual. This isn't <clears throat> an expose. This isn't a bashing thing, you know, even on people, sure. different people in my life, it's like, Hey, here's where I encountered opposition or struggle or, um, rejection or, or conflict. And these are the places, you know, that the Lord walks me through it. And if you can find some hope in it, great. If you think it's bullshit, throw it in the trash. We're going to be all right. You know, like write your own book, let's do it. You know, I mean, so, um, anyways, I so appreciate you giving me a chance to tell my story. You're so welcome. Um, please go buy her back. Here it is. Yay. Oh, how cute it is. Don't you just want to read that? So it's so cute. Um, it is everywhere. Amazon, you can buy it in Kindle or paperback. Um, it's fantastic. Tell people how they can find you. Um, we well, can find the book on Amazon. That's the easiest way. If you want a signed copy, you can find me on Instagram. I have a little Shopify just some people prefer like the old school, the old school stuff. Um, but a lot of what I do is Instagram and Facebook. We're actually about to start a zoom book club where my, oh, like if you read the book and you have questions just for like four weeks on Sunday nights. 
Nice. But you can find me at um, Abby Walker Official, A B B I Walker Official on Instagram, and that'll connect you to, to pretty much everything. So perfect, Abby. Yes. Thank you so much for telling your story on oh. in a book and in real life. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nice to have you. Thank you Thank so you much for coming so on. Much. I just have to tell you what you're doing is amazing. I was able to listen to a couple of the podcasts, and I'm so excited for you. And I just know that like. God's going to bless it. It's going to go to all the places it's supposed to go. So steady on, girl. Steady on. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. Also, make sure to watch the video version on YouTube at That Girl the Podcast.